This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only dax holt (laughs) i like that intro thanks dude i appreciate it i mean listen it's 8 a.m like so rachel you could tell which is how we really ultimately Mm -hmm. connected even though you've been on my radar forever she was like, why are you doing this with Dax at 8 a.m.? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, I wish everybody wanted it. I'll do a 6 a.m. if you want. <laughs> I love the early, early mornings because I, I feel like I got a bunch of things I got to get done in the day. And so it's like, knock it out so then I can go out and, and, and do what I need to. But I do love the fact that we met through Rachel Yucatel. Like, what a, what a weird thing to say, right? I mean, right? Like, what is, I mean, I was out having drinks with her in New York and it just, you know, because she started her podcast. I know you were on, I was just on and she was like this and that and you should interview Dax, you should have him on. And I'm like, you've been on my list forever. And it's just like, I know, you know, John Pascarella and your media company, because I do a lot with Melissa Rivers. They actually, the other day we were speaking, they were like, you know, who would be great on your show they're like, you really need to do some collaboration with Dax. And I'm like, it's happening in like a day. So like all of a sudden you're circling in my world. But yes, we technically met through Rachel. You could tell. It's so funny. Yeah. Same same here. I feel like I've known your podcast for a long time and been like, okay, we just need to make it happen and and never had. And so I'm, I'm glad that we are finally doing this. Were you always like into celebrity growing up? Oh, a hundred percent. I, so I was one of those kids that like my mom had the people magazine sitting out on like, uh, the coffee table and I would flip through. And so I've just kind of my whole life known the details about celebrities lives and ju- just kind of kept up on the news stories, not really realizing that I enjoyed it. But then when I was in, um, I think it was college, high school, I don't know, t- towards the end of high school, maybe college, I got an internship at ESPN, one of their TV shows. And I realized I knew nothing about the sports world. And, you know, they're asking me for these players. And I'm like, I don't know any of this. What I know is celebs. And that's why I was like, all right, get out of sports, get back into the celeb world. And ever since, it's just, it's my niche, man. Like, who were your favorite celebrities growing up? Growing up? Ooh. um, Growing up. You know, I used to be, (laughs) I used to be the biggest Christina Ricci fan because Adam's family, like when I was growing up, that movie had become so big and I felt like she was everywhere. So I remember her being a spotlight of a lot of my, my childhood time. Um, But then I also grew up with Britney Spears. You know what I'm saying? She's like, what, two years older than me or a year older than me. And so 
going through high school and Britney being the biggest thing on the planet, like I was in love with Britney. Um, so I'd say those are like the, the, the major ones growing up that I spent a lot of time, like kind of watching their life uh, transform in front of my eyes. So it's no shock that you ended up at TMZ. No shock at all. Not, I mean, it was really the perfect fit. I, I, I literally graduated college and the next day started full-time at TMZ because I had done an internship with Extra, the other TV show that's like sister uh, sister shows with them. And then wound up there and it was like the perfect fit. Like, oh, I get to talk about celebs every single day. Oh, my job is to look through the paparazzi photos and be a super voyeuristic uh, job. Yes, like sign me up all the way around. I loved it. And I think that's just why it ended up really working out for me. You're like, I'll do this job for free. A hundred percent. Like who doesn't want to look through the unfiltered, unblurred, unblack barred photos of every celeb out there? It was the greatest gig. Did you have like a highlight of your time there? Like just one thing that stands out or like someone you interviewed or someone you interacted with? I mean, it was like 12 years at TMZ. So I, I wouldn't, I, I would say it wasn't one moment, but I, I mean, I just, I look back at so many fond memories of, of working there and the people I did meet, like getting to meet, you know, Kim Kardashian or Paris Hilton or Justin Bieber or, you know, you just, you would wind up meeting a lot of people. And of course, not everyone would like you because you worked at TMZ don't get me wrong but then there was a lot of people that would like I, I remember David Spade coming up to me at a restaurant and just introducing himself and saying how much he enjoyed the TV show and I think because TMZ put uh comedians they gave them a platform that the other shows weren't doing for them you know and so there was a lot of people that appreciated TMZ and a lot of people that didn't I mean I had Janice Dickinson literally run the opposite way from me when she saw me walk into a restaurant I had Janice Dickinson on this podcast twice. I just saw her at a party recently, not to name drop, but she's 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 an interesting one. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she is an interest. So she like ran away from you when she saw you in a oh, restaurant. Oh yeah, she she wanted nothing. And I'm like, I'm here having breakfast. Like we were at, you know what? Do you know what the griddle is? Yeah. So the griddle is like this famous pancake spot. It was like three doors down from where the TMZ office was at the time. And I just went over to grab some breakfast. She was in there and she took one look at me and she was like, nope, not staying and peaced out. I'm like, I don't have a camera. I'm not even a camera person. I just am an employee at this company that clearly you are not a fan of. Do you ever, has anyone, you know, through that or like Hollywood Raw, your podcast? I mean, you know, but you're actually nice on your podcast. Like, has has anyone just come up to you? You know, like you hear the stories like, you know, like Perez Hilton, I've spoken to, you know, like that typical, you know, Jennifer Aniston in the parking lot, like. Did you ever have like someone just come up to you and be like, listen, I have a few words to say to you, like, and they're standing right in front of you? So not really. And I think that was because I changed the way that I reported a long, long time ago. So right when the TV show first started, I want to say the first thing I said on air was that Chris Angel was a douchebag. That was literally my first words on national television. And then I started to realize like, man, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be labeled as the mean guy on TV. Like there were enough of those people in that room to, you know, spew out hatred. And so I kind of always just changed my my pitches to be, how can I make this either funny or witty or nice, but not mean? And so I didn't have a lot of bad interactions with celebrities. You know what I'm saying? I They would look at TMZ maybe as uh, they didn't like the brand or whatever, um, but they wouldn't necessarily look at me as a a bad person, I guess. I would agree with that. 
Do you have a favorite interview you've ever done between that and Hollywood Raw? Ooh, between that, I would say I've had... So I started up the podcast because here's the one thing, David, like... I didn't talk to a lot of celebrities at TMZ. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we had people in, but it was more talking about celebrities all the time. So when I had left there, I was like, I want to start something that I actually talk to the celebrity. So that's where kind of like Hollywood raw kind of evolved into something. Um, But one of my favorite interviews, I think was just Brooke Hogan. We had her on our podcast. She was fucking awesome. Like awesome. She was so cool. And I think it was someone that, I had reported so much on her over the last, you know, decade or whatever. And her family was in the news and they had so many things happen to be able to get her perspective on it. And she was so down to earth. And we found out all these cool things about her that, you know, she her reality show ended and she went and she became little like a cocktail waitress at a JW Marriott. And I just thought that was so unique because a lot of people when they're so famous and so recognizable, they don't go choose a job where they're going to be around so many people, you know, and have to answer the questions. I'm like, why are you working? Why are you serving me drinks now after being on reality television? And I I loved her perspective. She was just so cool. So she was probably my favorite interview so far. Wow. And a recent one too. Yeah. And I mean, we've had a lot of people, We've you know, Tara Reid was another one up there, Kelly Osbourne. I mean, a lot of these people that, I think I enjoy the interview so much because I've talked about them for so long. Kelly would be a good one. Yeah. I I had Jack on recently and I even, I thought he was great. Like so down to earth and have you ever, you know, cause you do make up a backstory, right? Like I make up my own backstory with people Mm -hmm. and then you meet, you know, you interview them and they're either phenomenal. They're much better. Like what about, have you had the opposite where you're just so excited to talk to someone? You're like, God, this just fell flat. Um, there's a couple people. I think um, our interview with Kendra Wilkinson, I didn't love. And and I'm going to give her some grace because I know that she was at home with her kids by herself. So she literally locked herself in the car to be able to make it quiet. Um, but I felt like she had a big wall up the whole time and was kind of like defensive and maybe a little cold. And I... I had such a good memory that I wanted to share with her because I was at the Playboy Mansion years ago and it was when she was living there. And I remember just having this great time. There was a huge party. Paris was there. Snoop Dogg, all these people were there hanging out. And then I ended up dancing with Kendra next to the pool, like having a great time. And that was such a fun memory of mine. And I wanted to share it with her. And so I had this big expectation built up. And then I felt like the interview happened and I was like, oh, that was kind of awkward. Did you tell her about this memory or you just like, yeah, let's... I told her about the memory and she was like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad, you know, blah, blah. But again, I think she was just one of those people that her persona is this fun, crazy, cool chick. And I didn't get that. And maybe we just really caught her on an off day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I also have to know that people can't be themselves 100 percent or that their appearance 100 percent. I just I wanted that Kendra for the podcast. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back 
and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from Indicloud. Is Indicloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that Indicloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. I need to tell you guys about my latest obsession, and it's called Quince. I just got a cashmere v-neck sweater in like this gorgeous blue and matching cashmere joggers for $150. Cashmere. This outfit looks like it's over a thousand. But that's the thing about Quince. They offer elevated basics. It's kind of like quiet luxury without paying luxury prices. They have men's, women's, home goods, babies, kids. For women, they have items like 100% European linen for under $50. They have silk skirts. Italian leather bags, and 14 karat gold jewelry that starts at just $30. They provide items that look so expensive, like my gorgeous blue cashmere sweatsuit at very affordable prices. Their prices are actually 50 to 80% less than similar brands. It's a really brilliant idea. They cut out the middleman and partner with top factories to pass the savings on to you. They also have home goods. I love their sheets. They have wall art. It really is a one-stop shop. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash velvet rope to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order that's q u i n c e dot com slash velvet rope for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash velvet rope yeah that that makes sense yeah like there are days where i'm like god like if this were a different day this could have been so good but it just And, you know, and this is someone that obviously people aren't going to necessarily know her name, but it's Chef KK. This is a really recent one. She is the personal chef for Diddy, for Drake, for like all these huge artists. And she came on and she was so just distracted that I, I, I got off there and I was like, this could have been the most epic interview because we like talking to all those people on the podcast from like, uh, bodyguards or chefs or private flight attendants or all the people that are that surround celebrities because that's how you kind of really get to know what celebrities are like when the cameras are off they're not doing an interview so like gives you that real in-depth background knowledge of them and I thought she had so many good stories but she was like taking phone calls in the middle of the interview that I was like damn this could have been great I've I've been there. I recently had someone where it's never happens. I mean, and I never say yes, where this person was so I mean, it was Samantha Fox. I don't know if you know the singer. She's like, yeah, yeah, it was so she was so distracted. It's not even out yet. And it was literally horror. I mean, it was so bad. And afterwards, I got an email that said, please call me immediately. And I'm like, Oh, God, like, now we're gonna fight because I'm not editing anything out. Like, sorry. 
And she was like, that was actually horrible, right? And it, it wasn't on me. She was like, I am so sorry. This happened, that happened. I'm so distracted. Can we please do it over tomorrow? And I never say yes. I'm just like, this was an hour of my time. No. But I was like, sure. And the next day, it was literally phenomenal. It was like, oh, it nice. wasn't even the same person. It was like, how... I don't know if you needed to hear all the questions. I mean, of course it was different, but she was just so, she was like, here's all the things that happened this morning. And it just, that was horrible. I'm like, it literally was horrible. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate her actually reaching out and redoing it because not everyone would do that for you. You know what I'm saying? Like some people are just like, yeah, screw it. I, I don't care how, how I sound if it turns out that bad, but going out of her way to make good, that would go a long way with me. It's like, she knew it was really bad. Does anything, you know, you've seen and done it all, like, does anything shock you? Has anything shocked you throughout the years? I mean, we have scandal after scandal. You were TMZ. Like, does anything shock you? You know what's so funny? Not really. Not really anymore. I feel that I am in a certain way jaded, though, in, in just like you hear news stories. And now I look for like, oh, why is this breaking? Or how did this break? You know, I even look at like this recent story with Taylor Swift and Joe breaking up. And I'm just going, is this real? Like, I, I would have thought we would have either gotten the, hey, we're already married announcement, or we would have gotten the, we're getting married. He engaged, he proposed. I didn't picture a breakup. And then I just go, but is this to sell tickets? Is it, she, cause she is another master at publicity. You know what I'm saying? Like, her and Kim Kardashian are the two masters of publicity in this world. And, I wouldn't put it past her to be like, ah, oh, it's bumping up. Like her streams are going through the roof. Ticket sales are just crushing it right now. And then for them in two months to be like, oh, we work things out. And it, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I get very skeptical at this point in my career. Yeah, no, me too. I'm very skeptical. I feel like whatever is happening, sometimes there's not a reason behind it but like what is the reason behind yeah. this and why is this happening and like I, I'm the same way like it takes a lot for me to really get shocked or excited because I'm like what's the business reason behind this mm -hmm. that's that's it's just how my mind thinks I, I honestly can't help it like I, I like I'm never surprised anymore with like tax evasion or people going to prison like I'm just like oh, yeah that happens like people people are dumb they don't pay their taxes uh, I'm trying to think the last story that truly shocked me, maybe Jesse Smollett, that one shocked me, genuine shock and like, what? Like just trying to process that whole debacle. Um, but no, I, I, I really feel like I don't get surprised by anything anymore. I mean, I don't either. So, I mean, on that note, like what is, you've talked about it on your podcast, you know, mm -hmm. here we are, there's lots of Bravo people listening to this, like the scandal, like why 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 <laughs> how did we how are we here i mean I, i'm confused this story i mean let's be realistic this was the best thing that could happen to vanderpump rules all right i mean the show was starting to kind of lose its steam people weren't as interested and i am not in like true honestly i'm not a huge vanderpump rules fan but this even brought everyone in like everyone's like i i can't go a week without talking about Tom and uh, you know Raquel and I'm just like I'm almost over it myself but not even liking the show that much I will watch it and I think that this as sad as it is will be the greatest gift to the Vanderpump community 100% I think everyone's going to be tuning in they want to watch it go down I think that Bravo was very smart by 
jumping on on all of this as quickly as they did to get cameras in there, film them uh, immediately after all this news broke. Um, It's they did a good job in that manner. And I'm wondering how they're keeping kind of everyone quiet. Like, I know that there's been uh, certain pap videos of like Raquel out talking to the TMZ when it wasn't even TMZ. It was back grid cameras, just like Tom talked to back grid cameras. Um, But it's, you're, you're still wanting more of the story. Like they didn't give away too much that you wouldn't tune in. Yeah. I just, I just have, but like this whole group is so incestuous. Like why? I don't get it. I mean, I know it was nine years and she's like really good. I just, I don't see why this is such a story that like, I don't know if it was David Spade. It was some comedian, I think, where they were like, what's your goal of the night? It was some red carpet. I had nothing to do with this. And he was like, my goal of the night is to find out more about the scandal. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, how well, is that, this? That's just smart. That's smart marketing on, you know, Spade's parties. Like, because if I talk about that, it ties me into pop culture news. Like, David's always been really good about throwing that kind of stuff out there. But I don't know, man, this one, this one, I, I think, I think it's just people love these cheating stories more than anything. And I think Vanderpump, obviously, the, the whole situation was the perfect build, like working in restaurants, working in LA, having a bunch of sexy people on TV at the same, like, this was the perfect combination. You you knew that this was going to happen at some point, some day down the road. And people love to hate. I think that's where we are. Like it's it's hate watching. Like people mm-hmm. hate watch the reality shows. I would think. Well, that's. I mean, that's why Paris Hilton and Kim are the two of the most famous people on earth. People love to hate. What do you think of you know? And when did you meet Kim? You met Kim. I mean, I'm sure you met her many times. But like, because I mean, I've heard you know from yes, I've heard nothing but great things about all of the Kardashians. They work, they get up, and they go to work. Like, no pun intended for Kim's like viral video. But even so, like, I heard that like Kim, if you get her on a carpet, you have three minutes. She gives you what you need within like 45 seconds. Like, she gets it. She understands how to talk in sound bites what you need. I'm going to make your job easy because you're me making your job easy. I'm going to be able to move on for the night. Everyone's going to get what they want. And we're all just going to move on in the day. I don't think people give her as much credit as she deserves for. And I I can just see your listeners cringing right now, but it's, it's a hundred percent true. She, she knows how to work this industry better than anyone else. And that's the the pure fact of it. To stay relevant for as long as they have is near damn impossible, but they have. And to keep a reality show on TV this long is crazy as well. But I think Kim has this knowledge, and I, I don't know if it just comes naturally to her, but like you said, she knows what to give the sound by. She knows what to tease out. They have something, some big news story happen in their family. They leak out a certain piece of it the media picks it up it goes crazy but then when the reality show comes out and you see their reaction it it like refuels that fire that that's a hard recipe to come up with and they've they've done it and a a lot of it's kim you know everyone i like i know likes to give chris a lot of the credit but it's kim was the mastermind behind it all chris came in and backed her up when kim you know couldn't manage the whole family at a certain point but you know we actually have a really fascinating interview coming out uh this week and it's with um the former owner uh or the former ceo of splash news Do you remember splash news yeah it was a paparazzi agent it was the biggest paparazzi agency for a very very long time and then he sold it 
but we talked all about his relationship with the Kardashians and how him and Kim used to text all, you know, almost every day, setting up photo, photo shoots. She would, you know, uh, call him and say, okay, I'm going to be here and here. They would take the photos. She would call him up and wanting the like, okay, how much are, did we make off of it? This is what my cut should be like mastermind behind it. And I never knock a single person for doing setup photos. I think that there is a symbiotic relationship between the paparazzi and celebrities, keeping them relevant in between movies or their TV shows or whatever. So I don't knock it. I just liked seeing this like behind the curtains look at Kim, the mastermind of, hey, let me work with the paparazzi, set it up, Photoshop it, make it look good, put it out there. And then what's my cut out of it? I mean, I'm okay with that. I mean, everyone makes money, right? The paparazzi makes money. Kim makes money. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of it. I listen, my audience is used to, I mean, I, I think the card, I agree with it. I think Kim, I think the whole Kardashian family is just brilliant. I mean, say what you want. It's, yeah. it's, it's how many years now? I mean, is that really what you attribute it to? Or do you attribute it to something like, I mean, you listen, they're the most famous family that's really ever existed ever other than maybe the first family, right? Like, I mean, so the Royals. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like the Royals, like, so they got to all be doing something right. I mean, well, I think, I think that what has really worked for them, it's not focused on one person. Like, yes, yeah. Kim brought, you know, the world's attention onto them, but then to have one of the most famous models in the world or most successful models in the world as on in the family. Oh, she's dating bad bunny. Okay. Then you've got, you know, all of them have their storylines, which if one of them's in the news, it keeps them all in the news. So you don't always need one person to keep you relevant. You've got all of them to keep you relevant. And I mean, the storylines that have come out of that family, like, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, do you think we'd be, talking about Caitlyn Jenner or Bruce Jenner, like that storyline right there was a whole season, two seasons worth, you know? Totally. Do you think there is nothing bigger now? Like as far as like, I mean, the other day I was like, I mean, of course it was right near Craig's, but all of a sudden people are charging down the street and I'm like, Jesus, I'm going to get trampled. And it was a bunch of paparazzi. And of course, I'm like, it is Kendall Jenner getting into the car. She was mm -hmm. alone or she had one of her people, but I'm like, you know, is it like an interview, a soundbite? I mean, really, I think the Kardashians these days, it's that's it. Like they can say hello and it's a headline. Well, if you think about it, they never talk to the paparazzi. The paparazzi follow them everywhere they go, take all the photos. They don't ever say really anything, maybe a high, maybe a wave. But Kim, I mean, ever since we started covering her at TMZ many, many years ago, and we were kind of like the first place to really put that spotlight on her. Um, she just waves, but their big thing is fashion. And, you know, how do we look good? And it, well, that was one other conversation that got brought up with um, with Gary Morgan, the guy from Splash, is him saying, yeah, the, like her, her photos, each set would be essentially like $100,000 to her because of the fashion that she would line up. So let me put on this Chanel bracelet and Chanel's going to pay me a ton of money and this dress from wherever. And, you know, she, so she, the whole outfit she was being paid to wear and she was getting a photograph taken. So she was making money on both ends of it. And I'm just like, damn, that's amazing. Uh, it's just so smart. And like your whole job is just let me leave the house today and wear mm -hmm. this and stop off here and then I'll change. It's like, that's 
I'm sure it's a lot of work, but it sounds like a nice life to me. Honey Love, you guys know how much I love Honey Love. Who would have known? I've become an expert in women's shapewear. You know I sent it to Sarah Fraser and Kim D. Now I'm going to send some to Rachel Yucatel. It's kind of like if you want to be a regular correspondent on the Behind the Velvet Row podcast, I'm kind of going to make it mandatory that you have to wear Honey Love shapewear. But don't take my word for it. You guys have been slipping into my DMs and telling me all about your purchases. You guys seem to love the Superpower Short. The Superpower Short has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between the areas you want to support and those you feel need less compression. They have a signature X and it targets and sculpts your body without squeezing your natural curves. Also, which is unheard of in women's shapewear, you don't have to worry about it rolling down. There's flexible boning that's hidden in the inside seams to keep it up. There's also a booty lifter. They also have bras, tanks, leggings, everything you need for everyday support. Listen, the struggle is real, ladies. I hear you, and I am here to help you guys. So listen, treat yourself to the best shaper on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash velvet. Make sure to use that link or you're going to have to pay full price. To get 20% off, go to honeylove.com slash velvet rope. <laughs> I would do it. Sign me up. Now, I, I think I would get tired with the constant scrutiny as much as I like to like joke. And, you know, everyone fantasizes about being famous or whatever the case is to not be able to leave your house or not to be able to go to a, an amusement park without just getting you know, trampled. Like it, there's a lot of probably not fun parts of being famous. I, I think so. I think like, you know, that lower level famous is the yeah. ideal. That's yeah. It's just like access, like, okay, I don't have to wait in line at this restaurant. Great. Like if that's Mm -hmm. what this can do, that's all I need, right? Sign me up to be Seacrest famous. Just enough to all the doors open up, but you can still maintain life. You you can still maintain life. Is there someone you would love to interview that you haven't like on your podcast? Like who would be your number one or number one? I mean, it changes, right? Yeah, there's so many. I love pink she is the coolest chick in this industry to me i think she's just so honest real raw i've been such a fan of hers for so long loved i've interviewed her once it was amazing but i would love to have her on the podcast i know she'd never do it because it's not her thing but i would love to have her on um and then i think there's just some other people just you know like oprah or you know there's people out there that i think would just change the game if they sat down and we're really like about the humanizing of Hollywood where pull back the curtain tell me stuff that you know we're not asking the typical questions that everyone else wants to know but it's like okay when you had Harpo what was the craft services table like like how good was the food that you were serving all the people backstage like those are the weird questions that we like to ask and it's like, just how rich are you? Like, do you know? <laughs> and you know what would be fun with Oprah is like playing that game. Like, who plays it? Was it? I think they play it on Watch What Happens Live. Like, okay, how much is a carton of milk in the grocery store? Mind you, I can't really answer these things either because I don't cook <laughs> or shop. I live a complete single life. But like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, well, Oprah had all that criticism where she just did. She was the one, right? Where she said. I think it was Mother's Day or Christmas where someone said they gave their mother a hundred dollar gift. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Keep going. She, it's like, it, I think it was just in Christmas. I think it was Christmas. They said, you know, I'm getting a gift. It was some random just civilian who said, I'm getting my mother a gift and it's a hundred dollars. And Oprah came forward. And I don't know all the moving parts was like, slam this person, like a hundred dollars for your mother. 
And people were like, sweetie, like you need to come down to earth again. Right. Like, you know, and I, I get both sides of it. I get both sides of it. But she was just like, I mean, she was it wasn't like put on. I mean, Oprah's not looking yeah. for press. She was just she couldn't believe someone would spend so little on their mother. And it was just like, honey, a hundred dollars is not a little for it's, most normal people. And I think that's what's funny is like, I like when people own, you know, their richness or whatever, because at a point you're like, you can't relate with a normal person anymore because you're just in such a different tax bracket that again, a hundred dollars is so measly to you, but to most of the country at hundred dollars, like that's a damn good gift for, for mama. <laughs> so, you know, I, I go back, but that's like some Gwyneth Paltrow stuff right there. Like what? Only a hundred bucks. Get her my vagina candle for 250. But that's what I mean. I think that's what's so because I think there is a perception of like outside the industry that, you know, like fame is fame. And I mean, you're like, no, it's like there are people that are so not really that famous mm -hmm. every day. But like, let me tell you what they did. And they're fucking loaded. And these other yep. famous people are like they are very famous, but they're like the working stiffs. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you look at like a friend who, you know, like, OK, like we don't really talk about David Schwimmer every day anymore, but I mean, he has more money than most everyone that oh, you could yeah. possibly imagine that's like on an A-list show today. So it's like, I, I find like that dichotomy. I don't know. I like love talking about people's money. That's like one of my things. I do too. And I like when people are honest about it and we've had a couple of people on like, what I always find interesting is residuals and how much money someone can make off of a iconic show. We had Jody Sweeten on and from Full House and we just said, you know, how are the residual checks for that? And she goes, I mean, I can live on it. And we're just like like over $100,000. She goes, yeah, 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 over $100,000, but I'm not I'm not loaded. So she's like, I still clip coupons. I still go to Target. I still live a normal life, but that pays a nice fair income for me on a yearly basis, but I'm still looking for more work because it's not enough to survive in California on its own. And I love that kind of honesty. And she was, she was up there in one of my top interviews as well. I have interviewed her. It's also not out yet, but I, I've met her before. I had a mm -hmm. total preconceived notion when she was coming out. I wasn't, I wasn't, I just, I thought she would be much colder than she was. I she was I, awesome, I, right? I loved her. I absolutely, I couldn't believe it. I loved her. She's so fun. And I, and I think I, again, I think it's that perception. I had a different perception of her and then she came on and just destroyed that. You know, okay. I got one more for you. Farrah Abraham. Never the woman, her. You should. The woman, first off, so honest, so candid, but on time, professional, and like focused on the interview, like I thought we were going to get crazy Farah, like while she was wonderful, totally blew my mind. That's how I felt. And I saw you guys interviewed her. That's how I felt about Brandy Glanville. I mm -hmm. thought I was going to get crazy Brandy. I'm like, she was, I'm like, she is so much smarter than I ever gave her credit for. I'm like, she, she gets it. Like to me, yeah. I thought our interview, I thought I was going to get just like, crazy brandy it was going to be a bunch of trains of thoughts and no i mean like and she she was game for anything we i literally i could have asked anything and i was like but she understood how it all worked i was like she's really more in tune with how this works than people give her credit oh yeah she's that. got gift to a podcaster for sure and that was that you know and reality tv
I mean, of course, with Jody Sweet, and I was told like no Lori Laughlin questions. I was like, okay, well, mm-hmm. you know, there's always those. <laughs> but I still was like, wow, I had my whole backstory. But I think with residuals, it's just like the olden days versus like the right. Like I think mm-hmm. any show from like the '90s or before, it's just a different world now with residuals. I, I yeah. think. No, I think you're totally right. And I think there's some people that really lucked into it we had suzanne summers on and she got screwed out of the residuals so she'd never got that and then you have other people like you know uh brian austin green who's still getting 9021 residuals and jody sweeten and all these other people that still rake it in because things had come a long way or they they had better management or whatever the case was i i agree with that what do you think? I know you guys have covered like, you know, when you get into the music and, you know, and by the way, do you really think you really think Taylor Swift that this is just you're not you're, you're not convinced that this is a real breakup? I, I, I don't put anything past anyone at this point, you know, like she's she's doing a tour. She's she's releasing music. I know it's cynical, but at the same time, like this stuff works. It it gets every single person talking every news outlet is reporting it and the second their name is being mentioned so much people rush to listen to their music or you go analyze her last concerts to see what her facial expressions look like or did she sing you know anti-hero different in the last one I, I, there's so much and then you know breakups work really well for her in general she writes a song about the person it sells a bazillion you know copies of it I don't know. They just maybe because they're so reclusive, you don't see much about them that it was just a little more shocking. I was going to say, and someone like a Taylor really needs this, you know, like when she crashes Ticketmaster. Yes, everyone always needs it. And if you watch her documentaries, you know, this stuff is important to her. I think staying in the headlines is important to her brand um, because it, it helps sell tickets, you know. As big as they get, people still like being covered. They do, right? They act like they don't. But they do. But but they do. Do you think, well, what about, I mean, I saw you talked also on a recent podcast of yours about Madonna. I mean, what do you feel? I mean, listen, I'm a huge, I mean, that is the queen, you know, not to be a stereotypical gay man. Some people have Gaga and these others, but Madonna's mine, you know? as I head out on like five or six or seven nights of the Madonna tour. I mean, <laughs> is she, what do you think? And you, you could criticize, because trust me, I've read, like, but I mean, I don't know, like is Madonna, has she lost it? Or is it still like the brilliant marketer from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s? Like, does she know what she's doing? Because I mean, she's on page six all the time. They still mm-hmm. cover her. They're like obsessed with Madonna. I have people on that give me a Madonna quote and I always can get it in page six. And I'm like, really, Madonna? Like, still, you're still that obsessed? Like, so is this whole face and the looks and, and, and or is she really not in on the joke anymore? And it's just no, like- I Madonna always has known what she's doing. And I think especially with her current look, I think switching up her face, she realized like people are talking about it. I think there's there's a reason she went to the Grammys with her eyebrows, her eyebrows bleached. Because it makes that look, whatever she's done to her face, more dramatic. And it looks like that's, I think that was the weirdest part of the whole thing is 
when she doesn't have eyebrows, you're just like, what, what am I looking at? What have you done to yourself? And then two days later, she like literally drew her eyebrows back on or whatever the case was. And she looked way more normal. So I think she does these things because she doesn't mind the hate. She knows that that is still publicity for her. It keeps her in the headlines, keeps people talking about her. And that is that's her thing. That's her stick is piss people off because she gets some kind of kick out of it. And she doesn't just want to have this. I mean, you know, because she broke concert records time after time. So Mm -hmm. I think she's up there with like a tailor of like, I don't just want to like spend the next two years on tour. I want to hear about all the records I'm breaking. Yeah. Because I'm Madonna. Because you're Madonna and and you can do it. And, you know, I would say my biggest thing that I I, sometimes I was like, all right, chill, Madonna. Like (laughs) when it comes to like some of the outfits she's wearing, I'm like, I mean, as much as I love you, you can put your nipples away now. Like, I don't need to see this. You're, you're getting up there I, and I feel bad for your kids. But that I think that's the only time that I'm like, oh, I kind of cringe a little bit. But I like that she puts, you know, she she risks it all and puts it all out there and is wild and crazy. And we're still talking about her all these years later. Again, that's not an easy thing to do. It's not in this industry. People like to chew you up, spit you out and move on to the next younger, hotter star. What do you think, not the Kardashians, but you get into the whole Bravo world, you look at like BravoCon, it's, they just announced the new one, it's going to be in Vegas. I mean, you know, people like these, anyone, housewife, anything else, they are like, like, let me put it this way, I, I could have Madonna on the show, or probably Taylor Swift, and people would rather have me talk to Stassi or Brandy Glanville. I mean, but then outside of this Bravo world, you know, like try to go get into, you know, the Elton John like Oscar party and people are like, who the hell are you? So it's a weird dichotomy, you know, and I think people that are so insulated in the Bravo world, the fans don't realize like, you know, People Magazine doesn't care about this person. Yes, they care about Lisa Rinna and now they care about Scandal and there's exceptions, but, you know, they don't care about the real housewife of, you know, Potomac or, you know, New Jersey to cover every day. So that's a weird thing, right? Like these people, hundred percent. It's it's the the level of fascination for Bravo celebrities is unlike anything I've seen, and it really has this like loyal crowd that will follow all the shows. I mean, we've had you know people on from all the different shows, and those are constantly some of our biggest episodes. And like you said, we'll have someone else on that I feel like is a bigger star that. It legitimately, I think, would get more attention. And it's Bravo fans outweigh them tenfold because they're just they will listen to all the podcasts. They will talk about all the moments. They will go on to Reddit and post about it all. And I think that's that's just the shift, I think, in celebrity and in culture in general, is that the people that we grew up thinking were the most famous people in the world are not the most famous people in the world anymore. Like Brad and Jen and Angie and all those people, yes, their names are out there. And you've got like Entertainment Tonight covering them and Access Hollywood covering them. But it's David Dobrik and Logan Paul and these social media stars that are 10 times bigger than the actual true Hollywood celebrity of the past. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) But it's true because... I'm telling you, you know, Logan Paul or whoever, you know, they their audience, you know, are millions and millions of like engaged fans that will literally follow everything they do. And Brad Pitt doesn't even have that. 
Yes. I mean, that's why, you know, here, I mean, year four of my pot, you know, like you learn what works and it's just like, people would rather not even interview. People would rather listen to me talk shit about the scandal and, mm -hmm. you know, Ariana this and Tom this, then actually, yes. Then me having on Jody Sweeten and Candace Cameron and the whole cast of Fuller House. Literally. So I, I can work really hard at this or I can just be like, all right, I'm turning on the mic and I don't know what day it is. And I just rolled out of bed. And I guess <laughs> I I guess Raquel's a bitch today, guys. And uh, it's just it's like it's so it's shocking. What What is your favorite Bravo show to cover? I mean, like, look, I think back in the day, seasons one through seven, I think Vanderpump Rules was the best show that ever existed on Bravo because it really was truly, you know, this king and queen Jax and Stassi. And then he sleeps, he denies, and he sleeps with everyone, but he denies sleeping with her, like, really good friend, Kristen, who's also his friend Tom's girlfriend, and they deny it. And then guess what? Like, a few seasons later, it's actually true. And then we have this, It's it was so incestuous. It was real like you couldn't script this if you tried. And then yeah, seasons eight and nine were literally horrible. Like horrible. I mean, I was like, the show is over. It will never survive. And this show, now I, I know from pretty reliable sources, like this season came back and they got like nothing. I mean, Lisa Vanderpump did well, but everyone else was like pay cuts, told like, you know, this is it. This is it. You better you better pull it yeah. together. If this doesn't work, this show is done. And they also like, like I know for a fact, like they weren't even going to cover Sheena's wedding and they wanted her to like, and this is not from Sheena, so I'm not revealing anything I shouldn't, but like they didn't, you know, people had to fly themselves. It's like really bargain. Everyone looks at this and it's like, these people are spending money to, to take time out of their actual day side hustles to actually do all this for free. So it was really on its last leg. And I mean, so that I mean, was they, back, they, you know, they should be thanking Tom. Unfortunately, the show is going to stay on the air thanks to him being a dog. And I think they all like, look, it's a little overkill for me that they're all talking about it 24 seven. But I think they were so hot and they had two years of like maybe to the Bravo fan. It seemed like these people were still like around, but they really weren't like they really were on the B list simmering on the show. So I think like if you're like a Lala or a Katie or I think you're like, no, I understand. I need to stir this pot 24 seven because like, wait, I see maybe my paycheck will come back next season. And like I have because right, because I think they spent a year or two yeah. figuring out like, what the hell am I going to do now? 100 percent. I. I, I think that they are in a very good situation at this point. <laughs> but now you got to keep the drama going. And that I think will be the hard part. Like if they were already fizzling out, what do you do now? Now that you've got the attention, you got all eyes on you. How do you keep this momentum so that you don't get into the spot where you did, where people were starting to give up on the show? Yeah, I just think there needs to be a course on reality TV because like you look at like and I'm not knocking Brooke Hogan. That's all different anyway, because mm -hmm. you had famous parents. But like so many of these people come on. It's not just Vanderpump, all the housewives. And it's like even if it was nine years, like now you have 40 years left of your life or 20. Like, what is your plan to make a dollar? You know, like maybe you make 100,000 on social media, right? 150. But that's a lot different than like $900,000 when that's your salary. Like. What is your plan now for the long term for the next 20 years? I just think it's sad, right? Like there's no plan. Yeah. Do you, it was funny while you were talking. I was thinking, have you had anyone on your show where 
like I look at it, the biggest stars in the world are some of the nicest people. And I find that some of these young reality stars that are coming up can be the biggest pains in the asses to have to deal with. Like their ego is so inflated at such like a, a quick time that they are just not fun. And I'm like, you're not even famous yet. Like, why are you being a pain in the ass? Yes. And yes. And you're just like, you have no idea, you know, like you look again, we could just refer to her or even like a Brian Austin Green or like a Jody Sweeten. Cause we talk, it's like, look, they're, they're working, but they had the years where they were knocked down when, you know, like 90210 was over it go Brian, you know, or Jody Sweet. like you go from like, so I think like when you talk to some of these real celebrities, they've gone through the off switch that when it's on again, they have a different perspective on life or a different appreciation, you know, and they're still doing fine. They're getting like you said, like $110,000 in the residuals and they're working, but like, at least they know fame is really fleeting through like the B list fame or the C list and then the A list. Yeah. So they just are nice and have a perspective on it. And yes, even the huge celebrities, but then you're like, okay, well, of course you're happy. You you should be happy. I mean, you're Julia Roberts. Like what problems <laughs> do you have in life? Granted, okay, I understand there are problems because yeah. like it must be tough when someone wants something from you every minute of the day. Mm-hmm. But yes, I mean, you know, have you had these reality stars that are just, you're like, God, get over yourself. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like I've ran into them in normal daily life more than having on the podcast. Where I'm just like, man, you are your ego is out of check with what it should be right now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to get, think of a good example of someone that I was really turned off by. But yeah, think of course of a good I can't example. because I'm on the spot right now. But um, I just know that there's been quite a few or even people that will just turn down the podcast and they're like, oh, no, I, I, I couldn't possibly. And I'm like, why? We've had way bigger celebs than you. And OK, I'll move on. I say that all the time. I'm like, but this doesn't make any sense. Like, look at the roster here. Like, right. Like, I've had way bigger names. I, I find in general that the most out of touch with their place in the real world to me is housewives more. So (laughs) I don't know if it's because they're older. This is not age shaming, but like I find a lot of like the Vander kids and like the younger, not that they're young, young, but like I find that, that I just find housewives are the most to me out of touch with their place in the world. I can see that. That's where the ego is the most inflated to me. Yeah. And I, and I think there's something to be said where these are people that are already super wealthy and now you're giving them fame on top of wealth and quick fame. You know, I, I think it does skew their perspective on on a lot of things because it, so many things are handed to rich people already. But like those rich people, you know what they don't have? They don't have fame. And now you're giving them the fame on top of it. So it's and they're in spots where like, you know, Orange County, where it's not like there's a ton of famous people running around everywhere. Yes, we have plenty of famous people out here, but I think it's making them super famous in their hometown, which is gives them even more power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, you can't buy fame. That's the one thing you can't mm-hmm. buy, like true fame. Yeah, you can buy your way into, you know, a, a, an Oscar party. You can even buy your way into the Met Gala if you really want to. But yeah. you just it's not the same. No one's going to want your picture. And so speaking of Orange County, I mean, there you are on boots on the ground. I mean, you have children, you have a wife like 
Has your wife ever been approached to be a real housewife of Orange County? Oh, no. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, no, we, that is, I, and you know what the thing is? I would say no, honestly, because it kills so many relationships. The, the, and my wife and I, we've been together since high school. Like we, you know, we came up, she, she got to ride this wave of me being on TV and all that kind of stuff. But I just think that I, you, you see everyone, they let cameras in their house and the world feels like they know them. They feel like they're part of their relationship. And then ultimately that relationship dies because now there's too many people. There's too many people involved in your relationship that you lose touch. Um, and so I, I remember my first sadness one was watching Nick and Jessica break up after their reality show. Cause I felt like I knew them. And I would literally have dreams that I was hanging out with them. That That is one probably big uh, side effect of working in the entertainment industry. And I don't know if you have the same thing. I literally have dreams that I'm friends with people that I'm not. And I wake up, I'm like, oh, damn, well, that was fun. And I think I literally had one the other day with Taylor Swift. <laughs> Just that like we were hanging out and it was a very weird one. Um, but it, I, you, you know, the Osbournes, they struggled for a long time, but they're still together. I I don't know. I just, I think cameras ruin relationships. I think so. And like you have no editing power whatsoever. Now, yes, the Kardashians have 100% editing power and that's a whole different story. They have 100% power. I mean, that's what makes them so like, I mean, they control every, which I'm not knocking them. I mean, mm-hmm. Could you imagine, like, you know, you're going to do an interview with GMA. It, no one's going to say no to sitting down with Kim and Chloe, Chloe and Chris, Courtney, any combination. And you're like, this is the lighting. You know, I have, you know, they even control, I think, the stock pictures. Like, if you go on GMA, like, say they came on your podcast or my podcast, I think you could only use pictures you're given, I've heard. Mm-hmm. So like they'll I, say, I mean, uh, here, here, Dax, these are it, the three pictures you have, you're going to post on your social yeah. media of me. And you there's have no the power. Why not? Yeah. Like you, you can control it. That's what people don't realize. Like other than all the money and wearing the brands, it's like you just, there's nothing that it's brilliant. We would all, right. I mean, any housewife would give that could, they would kill for that. So yeah. that's the thing about reality TV is you have no control over. Do you credit like Spencer and Heidi for the paid paparazzi? I mean, you know, they're the first time I heard of it, but are they really the first or do you know of any one before them? Um, I'm sure there's tons of people before them. However, I think that they were the most brazen about being out and not caring and making it obvious that they were doing these setup photo shoots. And it was probably one of the funnest times that I had during TMZ was because my job was literally pitching out the photos. And every time there was a Heidi and Spencer, I'm like, thank you. Like, thank you, Heidi and Spencer, for going out and doing something douchey today because it is making my job easy here. And we had a lot of fun. And when we had Spencer on the pod, he was dope. He was so fun to talk to. And he was like, yeah, we totally got the shtick. But that shtick was what really catapulted us you know, whether it was people loved us or people hated us, it was people talking about us. And he said it it really, it number one, fueled our pockets. Because I asked him, like, how much did you make off all these? He goes, oh, easily a million dollars. Easily over a million. And I'm not, I'm not surprised because we, you know, I bought a lot of those photos. Everyone else was buying those photos. Um, but I think it, like, made it okay for people to be goofballs in front of the cameras and almost more acceptable. 
Spencer doesn't get enough credit. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's some gotta be something out there for Spencer back on reality TV, Heidi. It's just, they were, I mean, I like the Hills new beginnings. I mean, I know it's gone onto other pastures. So he, it, he said though, he goes, he goes, people weren't willing to like work. He goes, people just yes. expected the cameras to show up and them to do their life and not fuel storyline so he goes oh i called it and he's like, I'm, this show is never gonna last because no one else is pulling their weight he goes i'm the only one fueling storylines and picking fights and doing this stuff to create content and if no one else is going to do it i can't hold the show on my own i had audrina on like right after all that went yeah. away and she pretty much said the same thing like here's what all the rumors are about spencer fighting with all of us because like we really i mean she kind of admitted it like we just weren't you know we're at a different place in our life and you know i don't know i i wonder if this hill's new you know that second gen that next gen is really going to happen they're talking you know there was talk the, the jersey shore isn't because I imagine everybody got together and threatened to quit. You know, there was all that outrage from Snooki and they all came together and now it's gone. It's not happening. I just have imagine you, they were all like, we're going to walk. Have you had Snooki on, by the way? Yes. Oh, she is one person I have not been able to lock down. I love Snooki. She is also one of those people I feel like that was just made for reality TV and crushes it knows what to give to the cameras and how to make good reality to- television i love her it was one of those like look i got it i'm sure that she is just the last thing she wants to do is spend 45 minutes with anyone talking about paulie d and mike the situation and <laughs> i so it just and she had to pick her kids up from i mean listen i am not I am not knocking it. Like the fact that I could say I had Snooki on this podcast is I have yeah. nothing else to say. Like drop the mic. She was really high on my list. Same thing. And someone's like, you're this. Ex-. I'm like, I am beyond. This is like one of the best people I've gotten in like <laughs> months. It felt a little flat for me. Yeah, okay. it was a little. She just wasn't really down to really play. She was yeah. more guarded than I You thought. really got to catch people on a good day is what I've realized with podcasting. Like if you catch them on a good day, you're going to have the best interview. Every magazine or website's going to pick up parts of the interview. And then you get someone who's great on a bad day. That, that thing is going to do nothing. And your audience is going to also shit all over it too. And sometimes it's more like, I revere this person so much that like, if this is a once in a lifetime thing and it doesn't happen again, like there's just so many big, like with Snooki, like, where do you even begin? Like, there's so many just big picture things that like we have to get out of the way that like, if you came back, we could be more in the weeds and maybe have more fun. So sometimes like I take responsibility, but you know, just more like, uh, you know, I was like, so like, I got to get this all in. It's Snooki. This might never happen again. Like I have moments like that. But she, who, was who a, was the, she was a good one. Who was the one interview that you locked down? You're like, I can't I'm talking to this person right now. I feel like it always changes. You know, like Snooki was really up there. For I, Again, there's no real reason, right? There's no real reason why. But I, re, I think she was my first person from Jersey Shore, too, I ever had. It was just one of those, like. You know, back in the day, you know, you mentioned her earlier, way back, like when I was like Janice Dickinson for me was a big one at the time. Like I was like, oh my God, you just have certain people that are your favorites. Like I love, I love like a little bit of a train wreck story. 
Mm -hmm. Or I love like a misunderstood story, like like a Tara Reid I almost got at one point, like I was really excited. Like I like that, like you're really not as much of a mess as the media says you are. Like I love that type of story. Yeah, In Janice's she, she, case, she was great. Was Go, she? She was. Tara was. I saw freaking awesome. She and she was one of those people definitely misunderstood. And she said, like, you know, I got criticized by the world for my partying. And she goes, but I was on time to every work obligation I had. I always knew my lines. I knew every, like she was like the most professional worker, but because I got labeled as a partier, no one wanted to work with me. And she goes, I got totally basically fucked in the industry. Wow. And she, I knew she had that thing like years ago where like she walked out of Sirius. It was for Sharknado. She was in the city with Ian Zeering. I forgot what they asked her like on the third question. She was like, yeah, no. Well, I think that's I think that's the other thing is people feel like they can ask her anything because she's had this like history of being a train wreck. They feel like they know her and they can just trash on her and ask her anything, you know, and you still got to respect the people, you know, you may want your like headline, but she just a lot of these celebs, they don't want the gotcha interview. They don't want to just become a headline for to promote your project, you know, and I think giving them their space to to say their piece but without like trying to trap them in just to get a headline i agree i mean i think i'm like a a wolf in sheep's clothing like i think you have to ease the person there and because it's like why why should they give it to you like who why they, they don't need to be there even if they are promoting something like you know it's like a give and take so i think that's i agree like i think when a celebrity gets really pissed off I've never really had anyone really pissed off. I mean, I've had people call with teams afterwards. And I mean, I'm, I don't know if you've had this, like where it's like, now let's talk about the edit. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but I've had, I mean, I've burned bridges mm -hmm. where I'm like, we are not editing out a 25 minute talk. Like, why did this person keep answering? I had said something recently. It's not even out yet where doesn't even matter who like i this person happened to work with kanye at and how many point. banked episodes do you have <laughs> i know it's it's actually not good like i i try to not there's a bunch but i'm also it's five days a week monday <laughs> through friday you guys aren't five days a week are you no yeah two, two days a week no we're twice a week no that's why i'm just like damn Which is you normal. got a lot of banked episodes that's amazing this is where's this person it's like they worked with kanye it wasn't like i do you know somebody it was like they, it's a major singer but they have i just was doing research and i'm like they worked with kanye so i asked about kanye now listen if you don't want to talk about kanye it's very simple we went on for like i was like jesus this this is way more than i thought i was gonna get i thought i was gonna get like 30 seconds of like i'm not talking about kanye and then afterwards like an hour later the phone rings because something happened that day like an hour later where kanye was back and it's like this person was not they, they were fine. They they enjoyed this this little segue. I'm not editing this out now. Like they they like it's like they were very uncomfortable with your question. They weren't. It's just that this now happens, and now they want nothing to be as well. I mean, did they want to be associated with Kanye even before this? There's so much there. So I was like, we're not editing this, and I understand yeah. there's probably a bridge that's you just burn bridges. Like you don't want to. It's not. I'm not. There's no. There's no badge of honor here in this statement. It's just sometimes you just have to be like, you're. You know sometimes what it is because I because yeah. I've been the person. Like I said yes to everything, and it's like it's not coming back to me. There's no. There's no carrot you're dangling here. It's never going to happen. This is how the business works, right? Like if you want me to do something, I need a little something 
immediate. Like, I, I, you want me to do this? I need, like, what? You can get me, you know, Tara Reed, produce her, let's record, and then you'll get your edit. That's kind of how I work now. Dax is I was like, say, oh, I've had like, quite a like, few interviews where. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, I've had quite a few interviews where it's just someone says something and then they realize like, oh, maybe I don't want to say that anymore. And I've had to talk a lot of people off the edge of like, it's all good. What you said wasn't that crazy. We had um, we did going on the Kanye topic. We had Kanye's bodyguard, his former bodyguard on who was so good. His name was Steve Stanulis, who's he's an actor. He's a director. He does a bunch of things now. He's out of the bodyguarding world. But we talked about Kanye and just the stories that he had had and like the craziness of Kanye and, um, you know, making this guy had to like walk 10 paces in front of Kanye at all times. And he's like, as a bodyguard, that's not a smart thing to do. Like you don't walk 10 paces in front of someone because if something's going to happen, you're too far away from them, you know, but Kanye didn't want him to block the photographers from getting shots of Kanye because he needed to make sure that the paparazzi got clear angles of him. Like so many, like just weird, like little nuances that Kanye has. And it was such a, fascinating look inside and the guy was like i don't want to talk about kanye i don't want to talk kanye and then we ended up talking like 45 minutes of kanye and it was the best one of the best episodes we've ever had yeah when something like that happens when it's like these are the hot buttons like i don't know if this is going to be okay and then you could just see their game you're like okay because my whole thing is like if i don't at least bring this up someone else is like someone else is not going to interview and not bring this up so i'm going to go there you know, is there, who would you like right now, if you could say, I mean, I know I kind of add, but like, who's like on the top of your list, like just besides pink uh, of what, what of just to like, if you could, besides, oh, of just getting, yeah. Like pink, you said, man. So, you know who I really want? I want Tori Spelling. I, I'd like, I would like Tori Spelling. I love, I love Tori. I think that, the reason I want to have her on, because we're not shooting for like the biggest stars on the planet. That That's not our niche on our podcast. We want people with really interesting stories. And I think that she has one of the most interesting stories in Hollywood, like growing up in the Spelling Mansion, growing up having Aaron Spelling as your father and the amount of famous actors that were coming over to your house when you were a kid and coming through your doors because he was the king of Hollywood. But then not only that, now she grows up and she becomes an actress of her own in her dad's TV shows. And, you know, 90210 is this like massive success. And I just think she has a fascinating story to tell and the drama with her mom for so many years. I, I don't know. I, She's one person that I w I really, really, really want on the podcast. And um, we're trying. Um, we keep begging her. So we'll see if it ends up happening. I, I would think you'd be able to get her. I actually want her to. She's, she's I think, very I think it's just going to be a list. matter of time. I have had Candy yeah. and I've had Randy on separately. So, I mean, same thing. Like, even having Randy on, just, I mean, he was telling Michael Jackson stories. Like, coming down for breakfast and there was I'm like this is so fascinating and same thing with candy I'm just like <laughs> but Shannon Doherty is probably I, in my how did you get candy because candy's a huge one wow that's that's mass she doesn't do a lot of stuff she it literally when I tell you it, it probably took like a year and a half 
it was like through a friend of a friend and it was just it took forever it literally took forever and i was just you know now you couldn't even mention the word Tori at all and normally so that's the other thing normally mm. like i will push back and i did push back and they were just like it's either she's coming or she's not, but like even one sentence about, I listen, I, I got it. She's like even once I was like, no, I'm going to give a compliment. Like, you know, how do you, I was going to say like, how do you raise, you know, in such wealth, just such extreme wealth. You have two such down to earth children just to get it in there. They were like, you can't even mention the word Tori. And they were like, it, wow. she won't come on. They were like, That's anything it. she says, it just, which I get it. One word would have been a headline. Whatever mm-hmm. she said would have been a headline, right? Like, we are so good yep. now. Things are great. It still would have been. So they're just like, she just, it's not going to happen. Like, so I, I was like, listen, I want the interview. I'm not canceling. And there's still enough stuff like Melrose Place. And I also want Heather Locklear really bad. I want her really bad. Just because, you know, there's yeah. so much out there and, you know, that comes up about her. Candy was a good one, though. Anything else that I didn't mention? Anything else keeping you up at night? What do you think right now is the hottest, like, before we wrap up, like, the hottest celebrity? You'll have to come back because I want to talk to you about, like, all the public people that are, you know, like, the Britneys and the Amanda Bynes and just all these people that we are, mm-hmm. that might really be having mental health issues before our eyes and how the media treats all that. So you should come back and talk about all that. But what do you think is the hottest story right now today keeping you up at night? Keeping well, nothing's keeping you up. I'll tell you that much. I sleep. I mean, I dream about celebs, but they ain't keeping me up. Um, What is the hottest story? I mean, I'm ready for Scandival to die down because that was clearly the hottest story. Well, listen, you'll have to come back. Where can everyone find you? They need to listen to your podcast. It's such a great podcast. I would say if if you want, if if your fans are people who like behind the scenes content of like what it's like working in Hollywood, um, you know, I talk about my time a lot uh, working at TMZ, but then my co-host, he is an active photographer in New York. And so he's running around the streets getting photos and videos of all these famous people and bringing back those stories to me. Um, and, and we just kind of talk about, hey, look, you know, here's the sugar-coated version of Hollywood, but like this is what we know. And so go to Hollywood Raw. That's where we're at. Um, and we've had this podcast going for a couple of years. And thank you, obviously, Dave, for helping support our podcast as much as we love to support yours. Um, but that's where I'd say if you want to hear cool interviews with celebrities and people around celebrities, that's where you'll find me. And then I'm obviously just at Dax Holt on every social media platform known to man. I love it. Well, I've really appreciated your time. I'll tell Miss Rachel, you could tell that you sent her a big hello. And I'm going to have you come join us. Um, We do these weekly raw rundowns where we kind of count down the top 10 stories of the week. I'm going to have you come join me and co-host with me and uh, talk about all the crazy shit of the week. I love it. Any day, just say the word and I will be yours. Love it. Well, thank you again for having me, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. 
because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.